Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Anwar White. Anwar is the founder of the Get Your Guy coaching program and host of the Get Your Guy coaching podcast. He's a certified dating and relationship coach who has helped thousands of smart and successful women heal their hearts, date effectively and get their guy. When he isn't getting his clients dating like crazy and having a ton of fun while doing it, he's watching reality TV with his partner, teaching his kids violin and trying to keep his California body warm in Montreal. He believes that everyone deserves love and it's his mission to help prove that for his clients. So I am super excited to welcome Anwar White to the show. Welcome Anwar. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited because I know that so many of my listeners are feeling low, struggling right now to get back on the dating scene. And you are the man to tell us how to do it. So just start off maybe by telling us all a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, so I am a dating and relationship coach, and I help smart and successful women really, you know, heal their heart, you know, date effectively and get their guy. And a lot of my clients are succeeding, and it's such an exciting time to be dating, I think. So I want to encourage everyone out there to please get out there, even if it's a a dip of the toe. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes it can really help to boost your confidence even though it's the scariest thing I know to do at times but actually even just dating because you can do it without even meeting people to start with can't you and I think that's a great way to boost your confidence what are your thoughts on that yeah definitely it's actually like one of the first things I do with all of my clients even if they're freaking out I'm like no we're gonna hold each other's hand and we're gonna do this it's going to be okay because I know that at some point you're gonna basically be bewildered at the messages that you're getting. And it's going to help you realize that, oh, like I got it going on. Like there are people that are actually interested in terms of what I have to give. So I should be giving it, right? Ultimately it is a confidence boost. It's, it's an opportunity for you to see that you are still hot on the market, even if you don't internally think so. Sometimes we need those external messages to help us with our internal messaging. Yeah, I guess when you're coming out of a long-term relationship and you are thinking, right, okay, I'm hurt. I'm not sure if I can trust anyone again. I definitely don't want to go through this heartbreak pain ever, ever again. What can you advise to help people take those first steps? Where should they go to first? Because if you haven't dated for a long time, there's apps, there's meeting people in person, there's networking. What do you suggest is the best way to get started? Yeah, so I am a huge fan and proponent of both online and offline. And there are baby steps and ways and ways to do that, right? I think one of the important things to do that I tell all of my clients after they are coming from a heartbreak or a divorce or something like that is 
I want us to focus on something. First of all, I want us to focus on ourselves and figure out what are the things that are actually going to bring you joy and make you feel alive, right? So if that's playing tennis, right? If that's running, if that's quilting, whatever it is, I want you to lean into that, right? Because ultimately we want lots of joy, lots of happiness. And if you're not clear on what that is, I want you to think back to like ages eight to 12 and figure out what you love to do in those ages and like tap back into that because ultimately there's something internal that like never switches off. And I'm sure at this point, you're also going to love that as well. So like Let's kind of get in touch with our childhood a little bit because that's going to actually help us a ton when it comes to bringing back our our natural homeostasis of, of happiness, right? So let's figure out those things and let's lean into those activities, you know, kind of, you know, in real life. And maybe you'll meet someone, maybe you you won't, but that's not the focus. The focus is actually meeting yourself as the person you are today and understanding your new identity as someone who is not coupled or not married, right? A single person, an individual who has his or her own goals and own aspirations and passions, right? So that's one thing. The second thing that I would say is in terms of online, just do one site, right? You don't even have to necessarily, like, here's the thing. I think people think that if I'm on a site, it means I have to go out on dates. You do not have to do anything that you do not want to do. You are, as I tell all of my clients, you are the CEO of your love life, right? So you get to say what happens and what doesn't happen. And everyone else is just interns, <laughs> right? So it's important to realize, just go on one app, right? I, you know, I, I like Hinge. Um, if you feel like you want, to have this for women a little bit more control. Bumble is also something just kind of getting yourself out there. Uh, I would also say uh, there's a dating app called Plenty of Fish, which has a ton of people, maybe not the best quality, but what will happen is you'll get 20, 30 messages a day and you'll be like almost so overwhelmed that you're like, oh, wow, I got, there's a lot going on. And I actually do that for a lot of my clients that are just getting out of divorce or a breakup just to remind them that like, there are a ton of people that are wanting what you're putting down, (laughs) right? So having, going just on one app, right? And you don't even have to message anyone, right? You can just receive the messages and just see what's out there and see how people are responding to you. It's amazing what a simple, hey, beautiful uh, dating app message will do to you on a daily basis. Yeah, and it can really give you a boost sometimes on a day where maybe where you're feeling low or your self-esteem is down or maybe you're struggling with the divorce process and you're not feeling maybe you're ready to date yet. But is there really a right time to start dating? That's going to be different for every individual because obviously we all have different experiences. And, you know, for my individuals that have gone through abuse or or narcissistic experiences, that might take a little bit longer, right? I think the important thing is not focus on the time, but just understanding kind of where you are and not shaming ourselves for actually taking the time that we need to really be prepared and setting ourselves up for success when it comes to dating. That could take some people, it's a couple of months. Sometimes it's a year, right? Sometimes it's a little bit longer than that. It's going to be different for every person. But what I do know is that if you can talk about your story and not get emotional or cry and just be very matter of fact about it, then I would say that you're probably ready to date. Yeah, I think that's good advice. 
Yeah, I mean, keeping your emotions in check, though, are going to be important. So it probably wouldn't be a topic to bring up on date one, would it? It's talking about your ex and your story. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, ultimately, no, but, you know, people are not great daters. <laughs> so they'll talk about a lot of things that might not be the most appropriate. The thing about when that happens, I actually just had a client just talk to me about that uh, last night, actually. And one of the things that's important to do is understand too on dates that you get to decide what you want to talk about and what you don't want to talk about. And you can do that in a way that doesn't seem like you're hiding from anything, right? We can redirect the conversation and say, oh, I can talk about, I can tell you about that another time. Let's talk about this, right? And really yeah. redirect the conversation. You want those first dates, if you are ready to date and are dating, to be light and fun and all of that. So what should people be looking out for? How do you know if the person that you're on a date with is the right person for you, whether it's Mr. Right or Miss Right? Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting question because I don't want you to be thinking about if this person is Mr. or Mrs. Right on a first date. That's not what this is about. This is about, am I having fun? Do I want to know more? That's it. Right. If you're trying to figure out if this person is your husband or wife on the first date, you're dating wrong. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much pressure. And also you won't be able to accurately evaluate that person because you're only going to know two or three percent of that person. So even if you were to make the assumption that this person is the one you're going off of a very small set of data. Right. That's only something that you can really truly evaluate after you've had some time with that person and get to know all of them. This is why I say like rejection is not real rejection because all of these individuals know one or 2% of you and don't know the other 98, 99% of you or whatever that is amazing and crazy and fun and quirky and all of that different stuff, right? And so that's not how I want you all to be thinking about your first date and dating. Like I was saying, did I have fun? And do I want to learn more? If that's the case, we're going to continue to move on. If not, we're going to stop. It's as simple as that, right? I want to just say another thing about that, because I think this is something that happens for women more so than men. Men are very much in the present, right? So they're going to be like, do I like hanging out with this woman or not? Women are very much in the past or in the future. So it's not uncommon to, be, to already imagine what your wedding dress will look like next to this first date and what the kids would potentially look like or any of all or all of that. That is not how men are thinking. And the pace of that is so different. So what I want to encourage all of the female listeners to do is to take a beat, right? And to, we're not going to get married to him <laughs> or her, but really relax, right? I want you to understand that men are actually not even evaluating you for girlfriend status until like date six to eight, <laughs> right? Wow, so there's okay. a huge disconnect between when you may be doing it, female dater, maybe on second or third date, versus when he's doing it. So we got to take a beat. We've got to calm down and we've got to see a variety of different situations, right? Uh, in terms of how he's showing up for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there is that fear when you go through a breakup that you're going to be on your own forever and you'll never find anyone who loves you or you love as much as your ex. So what I see in my coaching clinic is people that have what I call, it's like limpet mode they go into. As soon as someone shows them a sign of affection or some attention, and they've got a pulse, then that becomes somebody that they attach themselves to because they're scared of being alone. So sometimes that fear drives them to go to that place of, well, I think this is it. This could be it. 
So I think you're right. It's about having fun in that moment. And actually, you probably want to date more than one person at a time, don't you, these days? Because you may get ghosted or they may, may meet someone else. And that rejection that you're talking about, you want to dial that down. Totally. I always tell my clients, um, I teach them about Olympic dating. You always want to have a gold medalist, a silver medalist, and a bronze medalist, right? Because, and if one of the medalists like don't perform and do what they need to do, then we kick them off the podium and we find someone else. There are tons of athletes in your love game, right? In your love Olympic game that you can be entertaining. And so definitely we want to be dating multiple people, especially here's the thing. And I think that you had talked a little bit about this, about this notion of kind of attaching ourselves to one person. This is what I call love and dating scarcity mindset, right? Where it, we are so focused on, okay, this person checks like so many of the boxes. I got to like connect with this person and stay with this person, not realizing that there are hundreds of people in your 50 mile, uh, like, you know, 60 kilometer radius that have the same exact things, right? This is why it's important to go on on these apps and see how many people there actually are to help you get out of that, like, you know, scarcity mindset that you're having, right? Because that will have us attaching to people, you know, who maybe may not be the best for us, actually, right? But it's easier to be with someone who, let's say, is a four on a scale from zero to 10, than actually having nothing, right? Because we think that a four is more than nothing, but actually it's not. Because if you stay with somebody that's not fully serving you, ultimately, uh, subconsciously and consciously, you will think that that's what you deserve when really you deserve an eight, nine, or 10, right? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Eight, nine or 10. I love this Olympics. It makes, it makes dating into a sport, which has. It, well, it is. It is in a lot of different ways, right? Like you want to diversify your portfolio and women haven't done that historically. Men have always been doing this. Women haven't for a variety of different reasons, right? Uh, pro social programming, right? Um, and all of those things. But there's so many people out there you kind of have to if you're going to maximize your chances of finding someone. I always tell people nine out of the 10 people that you actually go out on a date with will not be the one, right? That's just kind of like love calculus. So you want to be going through 10 people, right? Like obviously uh, in, in a good way um, to find someone that you're going to connect with and dating multiple people is going to help you do that versus dating one person for two months and not working out and then another two months and then not working out, right? Because at that point, you'll find someone in 20 months versus three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you have any tips for setting up your profile on one of these apps? Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. 
Sara has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sara too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. And do you have any tips for setting up your profile on one of these apps? Oh my gosh, tons of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I think it's important to make sure that your profile text is actually inviting. I think a lot of people lead with what they do professionally and like no one kind of cares. <laughs> I know men don't really care that much in terms of what women are doing, right? They actually just care about if you make them feel good or not. Like you could have all of the degrees and go to the best schools, but they're just asking themselves, does she make me feel good? That's, it's as simple as that. So let's not lead with that. Let's like barely talk about it. In the profiles that I do for my clients, you know, we'll hint to it and we'll say, when I'm not a consultant, when I'm not an investment banker, I do X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, right? To talk, to really give, you know, the profile a more multifaceted, um, you know, way of looking at yourself so that you're not just your career, right? You want things that people will actually grasp onto. So I, I always invite my clients to ask questions, you know, in their profile, because the objective of the profile is to get the message, get the response. It's not to find your husband. So you want to do what you can to find that response, which is asking engaging questions. So if I'm saying in my profile, my favorite place to travel is Italy. And I love Italy because of the food and the culture and the music. What's your favorite destination and why, right? Mm. The, these are the questions that you want to be asking in your profile. Not a lot of people do that. And that's why people just glance over profiles, right? Um, in terms of pictures, I think it's important to have a variety of pictures. I think sometimes people put a lot of pictures with like travel destinations and it's like, okay, girl, <laughs> we understand that you love traveling. Everybody loves traveling, but it actually doesn't say much about you. I want to know what you're doing on a daily basis versus a quarterly basis, right? And so what does it look like when you're going to work? What does it look like casually at home? What does it look like in terms of your hobbies, right? What are you doing? Are you at the museum? Are you at the theater, right? Are you, you know, a jogger, a marathoner, right? A hiker. I want to know more about that. So those are the pictures that we want to actually be presenting on these online profiles. And then every one to two months, I want you to rotate those pictures, right? This is about freshening up your profile so it doesn't get stale in the algorithm because it will, right? I think sometimes people get frustrated every like, you know, one week out of every month, you're not gonna get a lot of great matches because the algorithm is doing crazy stuff to kind of recalibrate. And so that's something to understand and know while you're online dating that one of the weeks is not going to be great and that's okay too, right? Know that the algorithm is going to be trying new and different things with you to try to figure out if you like interesting or new people that they haven't shown you before. But rotate your picture. And also just for, you know, depending on what your radius is on online dating, you want to rotate the city that you're in too, right? 20 kilometers here, 20 kilometers there, like every month or two. This is about freshening it up every month. Wow, that's really interesting. I love the idea of updating the photos. I think quite often people go on, put their photos up, and then they stay for six months Ever. a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And so when someone does message you or you like somebody, what is a good 
first message to send because it can be quite tricky kind of thinking of something to say should you try and be funny should you just say hello what should you put in your first message yeah what I know about this love game is that you have to be a hundred percent your authentic self or you're not playing this love game to win right I think a lot of people try to play a role when it comes to this engagement. So, and I don't want you all to do that out there, right? I want you to be your quirky, funny, like if you're super assertive, that's who you are. Because ultimately, if you're kind of doing this online dating thing, like with a facade, usually facades lower themselves within three months and you're gonna be your real self. And that person that you're dating is gonna be like, who the hell is this? <laughs> right. And they're going to be confused and they're, they're not going to know who you are. Right. So beyond like, what should I say? This is going to be individualistic, right? This is going to be based on everyone and who they truly are. I always tell my clients, just be who you are. If you're sarcastic, be sarcastic. If you're flirty, be flirty. Make it something that's relatable though, right? Like look at their profiles and take a look. Like a lot of guys don't smile in their profile. So that's something that you can say, you can talk about, right? And if you're more flirty, then you can be flirty about it. If you're more sarcastic, you can be sarcastic about it. If you're just like matter of fact, you can be that too. But that's something to observe and think about. But really, you know, hook onto those, those commonalities, those similarities that you guys both have in common, right? And don't forget to ask questions. I think it's so funny because people, from what I have been doing with my clients, one of the observations that I'm seeing is that people just like make statements and think that that's like enough to continue a conversation. This is a new person that you're meeting. So after everything you say, you should be asking an additional question, right? To keep the conversation going, right? Keep this hot potato game going of conversations. Otherwise, it's going to get stale and they're going to go on and be chatting with the other 10 or 12 people that they're chatting with, right? Because this has kind of run its course. There should always be a question. Yeah, because that does keep the flow going. And then they have something to respond to. Because Sometimes it can be difficult. It's just texting, can't it? So when's the right time to move to speaking on the phone, maybe? Is that, is that always the next step or would you go straight to a date? Yeah, I think it's important to always be filtering um, before you go out on a physical date. The thing about the way that I teach my clients how to date is that I really am prioritizing quality over quantity. What I do know is that if you're going on a ton of horrible dates, it's going to frustrate and disappoint you and you're not going to want to do anything. And it's the start and the stop that always kills people because you gain momentum if, you, if you're consistent with the online dating, right? But if you're stopping, you lose that momentum and you have to find yourself in this online dating realm again, which may take a month or two, right? Like there's, yeah. a, there's a natural flow that's involved with it. So it's important to know that and to be kind of consistent, right? And not try to go out on all of these dates. If you're going out on one date a week or one date every two weeks, that's good too, right? But yes, you should definitely be having a phone call or a video call before you go out on a physical date. And those same questions that I was, asked, I was asking of your listeners before, do I like this person? Are we having fun? Do I want to learn more? Apply to the phone or video call as well, right? If the person is kind of middle of the road and you're like kind of not knowing, that's the time to actually have another phone call or a video call before you go on. 
And I say that because a lot of people are not great first daters, right? And they might be nervous. But if you say you're interested in another date, it'll give them a little bit more confidence and they'll be able to show themselves fully and you'll have a better representation of who that person is on that second phone call or video call. And then you can make the decision about whether to go physically or not. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think really, really sound advice because you don't want to throw an option away when potentially they could be a really good fit for you just because someone might be nervous because it is nerve-wracking jumping on a Zoom call with someone you've never met before. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's really funny. I call it the the paradox of sixes. So after every date, I tell my clients, you they have to message me and let me know how the date went. And I usually have them rate them from zero to 10. And a lot of my clients actually end up with the men that they've given sixes to uh, in the first date. And it's interesting. And one of the reasons why that's interesting is because what I've noticed and observed is when you're dealing with someone who you don't have to feel like you have to put airs on for, right, that you can just kind of be yourself, they have more of an opportunity to actually love all of you. And in turn, your authenticity is going to also give them an opportunity to be authentic and vulnerable as well. There's a a higher probability for connection. So yeah, so when people give me a six, they are generally, when they first work with me, lukewarm. But when I explain this to them and then they actually see, oh, I'm actually, you know, this is someone who has amazing potential. Um, they start to understand that concept. I always think it's like, you know, when you're in high school and it's like, you can either be kind of talking with someone who's in your honors classes and you're like, you know, we, I don't care about this guy. This guy's a nerd or a dork versus trying to talk to the, the captain of the football team or basketball team where you're nervous and you're trying to be something that maybe you're not, right? It's kind of the the same situation where, yeah, you probably want to talk to the person that's in your class and you don't have to put airs on for and just be yourself and they can just see you for who you are. That's really interesting. Yeah, because you can be yourself then and then they get to know the real you and you get to know the real them. And then I guess that's where the real connection happens. So yeah, really good advice. So what happens if you maybe have the zoom call or maybe you've been on a date and then you decide this is not the person for me how do you let them know what do you say you know because I know a lot of people say to me so I'm just worried because then I have to reject someone and I've just been rejected and it's horrible and it's all too difficult so what's the best way to go about that Yeah, it's interesting. So I think that rejection is a very strong word for very early stages of getting to know someone, right? Like I was saying before, this is like one or 2%, right? But if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. I want to speak directly to your female listeners because oftentimes it's harder for them to actually say no than it is for perhaps your male listeners. At least that's been my experience because, you know, oftentimes their no has never, has often not been taken seriously for a variety of different reasons. And so you're going to have to be self-centered in this love game. And I don't mean selfish, I mean self-centered, which means that you're going to have to protect yourself, right? And engaging with someone who is not going to fully serve you is not protecting yourself and actually abandoning yourself. I want you to realize that you're dealing with grown adult people, And they are in charge of their own emotions, not you, right? And so I know that sounds kind of harsh, but it's a different kind of framing that I think is actually going to serve you better in this love game than if you were to be thinking about, well, how is he going to feel? 
one of the reasons why a lot of women are not successful in love is because they're prioritizing everyone else's feelings and thoughts and opinions above their own, right? And in the meantime, they lose themselves because they're always looking to satisfy someone else instead of satisfying themselves. So what I want to do as I'm explaining this, and you, you're, a lot of your listeners are probably like, that feels weird and entitled and disgusting. And I don't know if I can do that try it on for size, right? Try it on and maybe for a month or so and see how you feel afterward. What I know is that it might be strange for the first couple of times that you are, you know, very clear about your boundaries because this is really boundary work. And what I know is that after a couple of weeks, actually, it's going to feel really good, right? Because oftentimes we are kind of engaging in our adult relationships and interactions as the little girls and little boys that we are, right? The unhealed parts of ourselves and our inner childhood wounds. And so part of taking back this power and this narrative is about setting healthier, firmer boundaries, right? So if someone is not answering, if the question, if the answers to those questions are a no, then we have to let them know. Thank you so much for the call. I really appreciate it. I'm not feeling a connection right now, but I want to wish you the best of luck. That's well, it. I like that. Yeah. Because it's soft. It's not, it's not harsh. It's just the facts. It's just, you know, as it is. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think sometimes I will speak specifically for women that they want to like be very easy about it. And oftentimes you're giving conflicting messages because it's not strong enough. And so men are not getting the hint that you're not interested because you're trying to be cute. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. And so they continue engaging and then you continue feeling uncomfortable and you don't really, you don't really help yourself there. So it is important to be very clear and direct and they will, most men will understand that things move on or not respond and move on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a lot of ghosting that happens on these apps, isn't there, where people just disappear or maybe after a call or a date, you just don't hear from them again. How do you cope with that? Yeah. Well, first, know that that's part of this love journey, right? That, like I was saying before, 90% of the people that you meet will not be the one, right? So those people are at one out of the nine, period. That's not the one. And that's probably getting you closer to the one, ultimately. Yeah. yeah that's but- great. That's a great way to look at it, flip it to, well, that's a positive because it's one less person to worry about. It takes me closer to the right person. It does. And also realize your husband or wife would never do that to you. Your future husband would never do that to you. So that person's not not him or not her, right? Yeah. That's really what this is about. Yeah. So given where we're at with COVID and the pandemic, I know that it's put dating very much on the back burner. I mean, here in the UK, the prime minister actually made it illegal to have sex with anyone that you don't live in the same household with. (laughs) That did uh, put the kibosh on quite a few of my clients' dating lives. However, we are coming out of that now, but obviously still people are quite conscious of COVID and pandemic and social distancing. Have you got any tips on finding dating success, I guess, in in COVID times? Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that I think is really important to realize during the pandemic is that the courtship phase really slowed down, right? So you talked more on the apps, you talked more via text or email, you had more 
phone calls or virtual dates, it's going to be important for women to continue to maintain that, right? Because it gives you a longer time to actually get to know people so that when you are on that physical date, it doesn't feel like a first date. It feels like a third or fourth date. Mm -hmm. There's more comfortability. There's more fun that's to be had. What's happening and what I'm already seeing happen in North America is that because men have been going so slow and they actually don't want to do that, they want to go as fast as possible, um, that they're trying to really rush that and go back to how things were back pre-pandemic, right? And I think it's important for the women out there to maintain their that pace. Because what I'm also seeing is that because of the pandemic, men have been, you know, I will say more sexual than normal because they've been, you know, been at home dealing with themselves and want to really engage and connect. Um, And so that's why I'm saying slowing down that courtship phase, I think is really important. Um, The other thing that I would say in terms of starting to date as things start to open up is that women are going to have to be a little bit more assertive, not aggressive, but assertive when it comes to meeting people in real life men specifically. And I say this because we are in a moment where we are post me too, right? So guys are not going to be wanting to go up to you, ask you out as much as they did before. They don't want to be looked at as a harasser or a creep, right? That's for the workplace. That's for the coffee shop. That's for a walk in the park, all of that. What it means is that if you like something, you're going to have to go out and initiate something, either major green lights. Like if that's not your deal, that means a lot of eye contact, a lot of smiling. If you're a little bit more assertive, it means walking up and saying, hey, how's it going? And then going from there. But that's how things are going to have to happen. And if you want to be successful in like in real life dating and meeting people as well, because also in this pandemic, people are going to be more respectful of your just general space. And so they're not going to be all up on you trying to like, you know, talk to you. You're going to be like, who the hell are you? Random stranger, like six feet, (laughs) two two meters, right? So yeah, yeah. so that's something that's really important. And I think that you're going to have to figure out as you are navigating this dating life, what that looks like for you. I will just give you a tip. Um, So for those people that are trying to avoid as much rejection as possible, uh, when you're kind of looking around, and you see someone who you may like, I want you to look at their feet. This is like body language 101. If his or her feet are pointing toward you, it means that they're interested in you and their attention is on you. So that means that your probability of engaging in a successful conversation and maybe getting a date is super high because they're already like focused on you and into you, right? Versus like, you know, just going up to some random person that's hot, right? Like we want to also like help our odds here. So that's just some, you know, something that I've learned along the way that has been super helpful when it comes to dating in real life. Oh, I love it. Check out the body language. Where are the feet pointing? Well, brilliant. Thank you so much. I know that my listeners will have got so, so much useful information that can help them get back out there on the dating scene or improve their dating chances if they're already out there. So, and what, how can people find out more about you? Yeah, of course. So obviously when you're done uh, listening to this podcast, you can definitely listen to mine as well. It's called Get Your Guy Coaching. And we talk about all of these different topics and and super uh, depth. So you can find me there. And then also if you're interested in kind of talking about your own love life and also seeing if, you know, it's a fit for us to potentially work together, you can also book a free consultation call with me at www.getyourguycoaching.com slash apply. 
And, you know, we'll take 45 minutes or so. We'll chat about your love life, what's working, what's not working, and how, you know, we can help to get your, attain your love goals. Wow, I love it. And one last question that I ask all my guests. So my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness because it's really important to understand what happiness is for you. So you can spot it along the way, even if you're brokenhearted and getting back on the JCC. So what is happiness for you, Amwa? Great question. Happiness to me is feeling safe, safe within myself, safe within my relationships, safe within my career. Um, And safety means different things to different people. But for me, it means comfort. It means not doing too much, but also not doing too little right? Mm -hmm. Doing things on my own pace and not feeling like I'm going to be judged for it from myself or from other people. I love it. That kind of ties in with being the CEO of your life again, doesn't it? I love it. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. I love it. Thank you ever so much. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you, Anwar, for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to head on over to getyourguycoaching.com to find out more about Amwa and his work. And I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Heartbreak to Happiness.